Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard, it's Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the Internet Advisor and Delighted to be with you for, I think, one of our most fun programs. And that's when we look ahead to the coming year, 2017 in this case, and come up with some predictions about what's going on from our different perspectives, whether it might be from Apple's perspective, Windows, or from security. We've got all sorts of guests coming in to talk about it. But in particular, our usual group of suspects are here to look in the crystal ball. Welcome aboard the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown here with our usual group of suspects as we kind of tease along. And that is uh, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson here. Gentlemen, the moment of truth. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to yeah. you, definitely, and a Merry Christmas. We didn't get to say that officially. No, no, we, we had off last week, and, uh, I, you know, I missed it. Just one week of not doing the show, and I... I seriously missed it. I know. Not. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I get the twitches. I've been sleeping in. I've been eating leftovers for a week. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just done with this season. Oh, yeah. Well, you're just going to round it right out, aren't you? Yeah. I'm you so I'm what's done. wrong with sleeping in and eating leftovers? <laughs> Leftover turkey? It's a great and... idea, except oh. for that everyone else around you in your world doesn't embrace it as well. Yeah, like, I've it. got an employer that says to me, no, you have to come in. I, go, like, I can stay home, mm. eat this turkey. I'll be fine. In the end, just sleep in. Yeah. 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 My, my wife's yeah. like, when are you going back to work? <laughs> <laughs> Getting real comfortable, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we have, I think, I lined up a really great group of people here to take a look at the coming year and uh, it, with uh, good humor and also with a, a fair amount of uh, insight, look at what's ahead for us in the coming year. A, a lot of it, I, I guess in some ways, much more veiled in uh, mystery because of the incoming uh, president-elect. We really don't know what impact he is going to have, uh, President Trump, on uh, communication, on, on the Internet, on security, and on a wh- whole bunch of other states. There's been a lot of statements, but we really don't know what the practical just, impact is. Yeah, someone not, just take away much. his Twitter, please. Yeah, just, <laughs> but, but the answer is not much right away. Yeah. Right? No, no, and it's not him anyway to be you know who he appoints for cabinet members and and who they appoint and so you know it's going to be a while before we see. Unfortunately, some of the stuff you know is probably pretty good for most of us and and some of the stuff. God, I hope he doesn't do. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't, well, we heard. You know, Edward, I don't want him to to uh, actually do every one of his promises. Oh uh, yeah, his campaign promises. Well, Ed, you were talking about this on the way in about the FCC and uh, well, Wheeler is 
uh, Chairman Wheeler's out. Well, it will be, yes. W- will yeah. be out, yeah. obviously, because he's, he's an appointee. Right. And uh, what, was the, what are some of the thoughts about who is going to be in and what the impact will be of that? Well, I mean, one of the things is net neutrality. You, you may just, he may just revoke that. And if he does, then we're back to, you know, um, basically the Internet being the wild. Well, Internet providers can actually throttle or po- have the it, ability but, to throttle. But, but they never they? did. They never did. And, and so it was, it, it was a law that, yeah, just, held, it just put into it was law just because, what right. practices were already happening anyway. Correct. Right? And not so bad to make sure that they continue to do that. But, but the point is sometimes mm-hmm. we each of us would like to see um, better, pro, better priority given to, say, streaming media oh, as yeah. opposed to email, sure. which is store and forward, right? right. You don't have to have email that, um, you know, that you access immediately. You know, it can wait a second, two, three seconds. Right, right but, well, but that the, all depends but, but, on but who you, you are. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe email's more important to you than streaming, that sort of thing. Well, so we're just that, talking a few milliseconds. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, if you, it's only a few you, milliseconds, then wait for your stream. You, well, but you won't notice email being a few milliseconds late, but you'll um, notice that when you can't. You start hearing that. You start hearing that. I had that happen yeah. with and, Netflix just and, just yeah. last night. I had that happen with Netflix. This now being delivered by Comcast, yep. and uh, it stopped right in the middle of a program I was watching. And, you had to allow email to go through. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It was cattle <laughs> and that's probably true. And was. that's probably true. Yeah. But it was. Uh, Yep. But if you remember in the bad old days, I mean, it was five years ago, one of the things that happened was there was actually an ISP that was throttling certain streaming services, and, and, and but it was a onesie-twosie thing, and it wasn't a systemic issue. Right. And I mean, it, but it was somebody that was clogging up their, their pipes so that the rest of their customers couldn't get service. Correct. Yeah. No, but think about it. I mean, if you have an ISP that's also a cable provider and they're providing their customers with television and on-demand services and and then all of a sudden you have like Hulu or Netflix and and they're clogging it, if I'm the ISP, I'm like, well, I'm just going to throttle them down a little bit because I have customers I need to serve, you know, that yeah. and it's actually a competitor. You know, mm. a Netflix is actually a competitor. Yeah, but they didn't do that. But they did not do that. It was none of the big companies nope. did it. Only a few small companies that didn't have the bandwidth. The big companies have the bandwidth. Well, if and they weren't doing it, why did they go through all the trouble to make useless legislation then? Because it's, <laughs> it's our government. Yeah, because our government <laughs> likes creating useless legislation. It's our well, government. The, the thought is that uh, President-elect Trump will make a business's priority. Business will mm-hmm. become a priority. Yeah. And in that, in that scenario, you want to give the... Uh, the traffic, yeah. if you will, priority to companies that are, are making money off of that and uh, for the Netflix and the Hulus and whatever else. Oh, does that, that mean I'm going to get a lot more fake news this year? <laughs> oh. Oh, there's some already just in the last day or two. And we're going to talk about one. Yeah, but yeah. when you're not going to tell you when, but we're going to talk about one with. When you say somebody. given businesses priority, and then which business gets the priority? Ah, does no, Hulu get it. it over Netflix? Does you know Comcast yeah. get it over someone else? Does AT&T? You know, it just gets to be an ugly, and none tangled of that, web. And none of that ever happened. And this is not legislation. This isn't our representatives um, making a law. This was a bureaucrat making a regulation. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess we won't see any of those anymore, at least for the next four years. <laughs> and I hope not. Well, and no, don't not. say it you just... don't hope not, because there, there is, there is, it's a two-edged sword. Yeah, there's yeah. some good to legislation, there's some bad to yeah, it. Yeah, it just costs everybody more money. And it doesn't, there, it's, it's not a net value to 
um, a lot of legislation. Yeah, but when a the legislation of, goes a lot away, of regulation. I've never seen the price go down either. A lot of regulation. Right. <laughs> We're going to come back in just a little bit. We'll be getting uh, the predictions from Ed, Gary, and Cal, along with Mike Amon, who is calling us, our representative from Silicon Valley, calling in in just a little bit here on our predictions program. Welcome. It's the Internet Advisor, and we're delighted to have you with us as we unfold our predictions program. And uh, one of the things we try to do is uh, check in with Mike Amon, who is our guest on our live line right now from Silicon Valley out west. Mike, welcome to the Internet Advisor. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Mike is the president and CEO of the San Joaquin Partnership out there. And explain that just quickly for our listeners who may be first time hearing you. What so that? we're adjacent, uh, Foster, we're adjacent to uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, I'm right here at home. I'm 74 miles to downtown San Jose, which is likened to the capital of Silicon Valley, even though Gary and I know it's Palo Alto. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Which is really uh, the home of uh, and the start of of, uh, Silicon Valley as such. So we're adjacent, uh, we're affordable, but we send a lot of people, a lot of talent over the hill to work because we're a much more affordable place to to live, grow a family as such. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, we've asked you to to, uh, comment kind of a, from the perspective of Silicon Valley on what you see coming in the next year, 2017. Well, well, and Mike sits at a very interesting intersection, and that is um, as he's recruiting companies to come into San Joaquin Valley, uh, he's talking to all these startups as well as some very established companies and what their needs are, what their goals are, what their plans are for the next few years. And Right, Mike? Right. So um, we're seeing, uh, obviously, I have a, a, a two economies, an ag-based economy, food processing, manufacturing. And, of course, technology is all involved with that, with drones and water management and all those types of things. Meanwhile, uh, I have uh, just the true technologist which are doing all of the things uh, using all that venture capital out of Silicon Valley. And, you know, we're connected in many ways uh, through railroads, commuter railroads, and all the rest. So I see the blend of both and what's happening and, and watching adoption. I think that's very important is how people are adopting and adapting to technology here from a traditional industry standpoint or business standpoint versus uh, the high-tech guys and gals who are are just uh, right out on the bleeding edge. So uh, I know one of your predictions has to be around augmented reality. That's probably San Joaquin Valley and virtual reality, or maybe no reality sometimes <laughs> is in Silicon Valley. <laughs> you got a prediction for us? <laughs> yeah, I, I really think uh, Samsung's going to come back uh, with a smartphone that's going to uh, not only probably do VR, but start into a mixed uh, view of uh, augmented reality. And and I think if you were really predicting out uh, into the next 10-year period, this uh, VR, uh, AR kind of experience is going to work its way into business. And, and right now, it's only entertainment for the most, month, uh, most part, uh, gaming. I, I know uh, Foster was talking about Netflix. Uh, mm. You're, you're going to start to see more films and uh, 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 that you're going to be able to view through uh the, uh, the 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 goggles as such, and you're going to see the goggles change also. Uh, but I I do see 
uh, Samsung coming back, Apple, Google uh, with uh, follow-on products uh, that will be uh, tied to uh, uh, a mixture of virtual and augmented reality. They, they look at it separately right now, but I think over the next five, five years there will be a real blend. And then I think also that we're going to start to see uh, this uh, uh, come into the work environment where maybe your smartphone with a large uh, a disk uh, space for storage as well as hooking into the Internet will uh, allow you to have a lot of documentation while you're working on something with your hands perhaps, uh, smaller uh, types of uh, data and uh, communications on your iWatch or uh, Samsung watch. And then maybe Google Glasses uh, rather than goggles uh, when you're uh, working uh, in, uh, say, a mechanical area. Hmm. It, all leads, it all leads to this is what is physical reality, virtual reality, and augmented reality? What reality are you in? And that's a, a, a skill set that we're going to have to adopt and adapt to on long term. But that's my one uh, big prediction over the short term as well as the next five to ten years. So you're not yeah. too far from San Francisco and where, you know, the famous hate Asbury district and <laughs> LSD. I, that was, we're going right back to uh, to, the, to, a, to an alternate reality, I think. Without the nasty places. side effects. Yeah. <laughs> Kel, you want to come? Well, thank God, Mike, that they're coming out with autonomous cars because there's enough idiots driving around without virtual reality on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> you add this to it, I can see them driving with the goggles on next. <laughs> Well, you got to do something when the car is taken over and uh, driving for themselves. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure what Gary means. You, you know, in California, we passed the recreational use of marijuana this year, and we're starting to implement that over the next couple of years. And so when you strap on VR uh, goggles and AR, oh, I'm not sure what, what universe you're in, actually. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, the number one screensaver will become lava lamps. <laughs> but you know, you know, one of the things I was thinking is, is, and I thought there was a show they did this last year in uh, Hollywood, or maybe an indie film, where it's basically, and we're going to see Hollywood adopt this virtual reality and augmented reality, where the audience participants, as we're watching it, we don't have to sit in the in the in the, in the pre-programmed seat. You know, we could be anywhere on the set. Oh yeah, as it's as it's take as the movie's taking place. We could be in the recommended seat, or we could be 90 degrees off to the side. And it's not going to be too much longer before Hollywood adopts that as, as you, this norm. You mean, you mean I can buy, like, a cheap seat way up <laughs> in the balcony and still get a decent view? Well, I'm talking about you could you could, you can can immerse yourself within the movie set itself. Gary, yeah. it's yeah. going to be a virtually cheap seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there won't be anything cheap about it. Mike, uh, I, I, what I'm hearing <laughs> you talking about is the, uh, it's the transfer uh, from entertainment to work environment, and because the work environment strikes me as that's the nitty-gritty. That's going to be the meat and potatoes. Um, and I think back to, guys, what was it? The first with Microsoft showed the A... Uh, the HoloLens, is that what you're thinking? Ha, yeah, HoloLens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it showed them, you know, like a, a plumber trying to do something and bringing up a, um, the augmented reality. Do you think we're going to see uh, you know, a faster uptake with that, or are they kind of just still sitting back waiting for stuff to develop in the entertainment field? Uh, well, I, I, I think you're going to see it. Uh, I was at a conference with the head of uh, the Cleveland Clinic who was using oh, uh, yeah. HoloLens uh, for surgery. And wow. uh, he, he was, uh, yeah, uh, right, right, well, this was a couple months ago. Uh, and so they have a partnership with uh, 
uh, with Microsoft. But you're seeing the partnerships with Watson. You're seeing the partnerships with uh, uh, industry coming to the technology companies for these kinds of applications. And yeah, they're isolated yet, but mm-hmm. the power of this, uh, I think, it, it we'll see a tipping point. It may not be in 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the same thing with Google Glass is that people have written them off from a commercial uh, consumer idea, uh, idea. But in fact, uh, there's uh, a company up here in Sacramento, uh, VST, who does uh, all kinds of glasses, and they're working uh, and have a high-tech studio uh, in connection with Google Glass. So. Uh, what you read in the in the media doesn't always give you the yeah. industrial side of things. Yep. Uh, a couple years ago in uh, in the Middle East, or in the Middle East, uh, in uh, uh, police officers using those glasses too. So stop and think if uh, somebody oh, has wow. uh, glasses plus a database and all the rest, and they come walking up to your car, and they have sensors and and. They may be able to know a lot more about you before they ask for the for the license as such. Mike, uh, so. Sherry Cam is in studio with us as well. She's our social media commentator, but I want to give Sherry a chance to ask a question or you'll comment. Yeah. Uh, we, Oop, we, hang on. We got the wrong microphone, I think, somehow. Here, hang on a second. Cal will swing his no, over it's there. it's open. It's on now. Okay, try it again. No, it, that's the one, though. Okay. There you uh, go. Here we go. Uh, they're also using predictive uh, logarithms yeah. now when they're using facial recognition in addition to mm-hmm. the augmented reality. And so they are, they are, we are getting to that point of almost minority reporting uh, oh, predictive wow. illegal behavior. Uh, speaking of, you want somebody else driving. Right. <laughs> you want, yeah. the, want the computer driving from now on. Wow. Well, and when you think about it, um, when I was at EDS, this was over a decade ago, we had a virtual reality cave. And the virtual reality cave is, um, I mean, it costs a couple million dollars, but it was really cool. And we would simulate a um, an assembly line and somebody standing there going from a bin and putting parts on a car to, yeah. to make sure the bin was in the right place. Yeah. It needed to be moved one way or the other. We could move it. And it, there was... It just made a whole lot more sense. So, Mike, thank you so much for being with us and for priming the pump on this. Mike Amon, President and CEO of the San Joaquin Partnership. A very happy New Year to you, and I know it's going to be an interesting one. We'll be in touch with you throughout the year as well. Have a good 2017, Mike. Take care. Take care, Mike. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, and a studio full of astute people. Making predictions about 2017. Let me introduce somebody who walked into the studio just as we were uh, getting going here, and uh, that's Sherry Cam, who is our social media expert. Sherry, good to have you with us here. Well, thank you for having uh, having me at the end of the year. Yeah, at the end of the year, and looking into the brand new year, we're going to take a little more time in the second hour of our program to talk about social media. But but while we still have you uh, in in studio here, give us one of your predictions as you look forward to the new year. Uh, live. Everything's going to be live. Uh, it really is all about video. It's all about the experience and talking about the virtual reality that mm-hmm. we just had in the last segment. Um, it is going to be a way to integrate, you know, what we see and what we do uh, with our connections and across platforms. Oh, wow. So, prediction that video is going to get bigger, yeah. but that most, much of it's going to go live as well. I think so. And I think more platforms are going to take it live mm-hmm. um, and n- not only have even chat uh, groups uh, 
integrated uh, video and, and, and live in, in interactions, um, but even more platforms. I mean, Twitter isn't really live yet, but I think even they are going to go live, which is not good really? news for Ooh. us. Since Now, doesn't you know, Facebook also have a live application? They do. They yeah. do. Yeah. Yes. And and Instagram also yeah. has something, um, you know, and Snapchat has always yeah. been. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. Well, who was Periscope? So, so Facebook, though. That's Twitter. Yeah. That's Twitter. Oh, that okay. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Facebook is live when you shoot it, but not live when other people view it. Can be. You can actually, I, I have push notifications so that if I want to know when BBC is going live, they will, I have a push notification so I can actually watch when they're doing interviews. Uh, and if Ooh. something really captures my interest, then of course I'll go on while they're doing it live. But you can also view it in review. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, in essence, recorded okay. as well. Well, then that brings up the magic question. Just like uh, other live media like radio and television, Mm -hmm. will Facebook have a seven-second delay or will they just let (laughs) anything flow through? Actually, at this point, they're letting anything flow through. And that's, of course, why we have such terrible, terrible uh, news reputations, right? I mean, we've got a lot of fake news that's out there and, and you can't differentiate Little, you know, in print, let alone in in video. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to have to get a lot better at verifying what it is mm. that's going up there, uh, and and making sure that it's from a reputable source. Mr. Baker, what did you have as uh, one of your predictions for the? Um, I think mobile is going to continue to um, just. Uh, that's going to be the preferred way. My son has actually two computers, and he never uses them. He uses them for homework, right? But if he doesn't have homework, he's never he doesn't access the internet that way. It's always on his phone, uh, and I see more and more. And when we start to look at the, at the demographics and the trends, um, you know, this year in 2016, mobile took over for many of the sites. Took over as the preferred. Uh, way to to access that particular site. It's just going to continue, uh, and it. When you think about it, it's the easiest and ch- easiest for older uh, people that are struggling with technology. Hmm. It's also the cheapest way to get on for people that don't have a lot of money. It's an easier way to get on um, mm-hmm. and use because they're going to have a phone. And they're willing to pay for that phone, and now they've got internet access too. So we're starting to see the uh, the haves and the have-not divide will start to go away now. Oh, you think so? It, yeah. Just to add to that, I also think uh, in making everything mobile, um, that apps aren't necessarily going to be the most necessary pieces anymore. That the websites have to be mobile accessible, mm-hmm. as opposed to oh no no no, just download our app. People don't want to use up their memory using apps anymore, oh. so they really want just full access or convenient access via mobility. Yeah, but they don't even have a 16K. You know, I mean, when you when you think about um, where uh, the storage on your mobile device is going, it's um, it's you know increasing every every model that comes out. So. Absolutely. Yep. Ed, you were to say something? No, no. Oh, I was going to check what you, one of yours is then. What well, one of mine would be <clears throat> well. This year, we we're talking about so many people were paranoid about artificial intelligence, but you might want to think of artificial intelligence like smarter devices or machine language, uh, machine learning, you know, that type of thing or natural language processing. Um, artificial intelligence will not be coming anytime soon, but smarter devices will give the semblance of AI. Think of Siri, OK Google, or Amazon's Whoops, Alexa. We just opened up a whole bunch of people. <laughs> You know what I mean? So when you say it's not there yet, it is. Well, when we think of this scary sci-fi artificial intelligence taking us over and you know describing humans oh, as being useless, 
that isn't there. But artificial intelligence, like machine learning and and being useful for us, that's there now. Yes. It is there now. And, yes. and baked into so many different... Uh, yep, all cloud-based intelligence yep. right now, right? So you have a little hockey puck or something sitting on your desk, and it's tied to, you know, without internet access, these devices are just basically a paperweight. So mm. it's all cl- cloud-based intelligence. You know, another trend that I'm seeing, and that is, remember when you would say, I can't really afford a laptop, so I'm going to buy a desktop. Well, now almost everybody's buying laptops or tablets or, like we said, the mobile phone. Um, Most people can't afford a desktop. Desktop. The desktops have gone to two or three times what a laptop costs. Two thousand yeah. dollars, or more, or more, <laughs> and because the, the the desktops have really, you know, how it went from PC gaming to console gaming, it's going back the other way again yeah. to to PC gaming again. Well, desktops are more for serious business, in my opinion. You, you got to when you're working on something that's intensive, when it requires a lot of uh, like video uh, tools, editing, video but, editing with but, multiple palettes and stuff like that. Doing that on a laptop, unless you attach a monitor to it or something like that, and if you're going to attach a monitor to it, aren't you just going back to a desktop anyway? Uh, it gets to be no, a little not. more. <laughs> A little more, uh, it, 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 you can get more horsepower, you can have more storage, you can have more memory, all those things to a greater degree than you can have on a laptop, mm-hmm. on a desktop type yep. situation. And in those cases, when you have to have that type of horsepower and that type of engineer, then I think that it's appropriate. Now, will it come back as big as it was before? No, I, it, it definitely won't. But I think that is definitely a I, place for the desktop. I had already noticed the, the price but differential. And by the way, Gary, I hadn't noticed that price differential. Well, I mean, because you have you know more of everything, and you can have more of anything. If you if you don't need all that horsepower, buy a laptop. Yeah, and that's what people are about doing. So uh, you they're not still- selling the very low end uh, desktops very much anymore. They're it's the high-end desktops. Yeah, and, and plus you can also get the Chromebooks for around $100, yeah. which are, you know, just a sweet little device. But I've, As long I've, as you have the Internet. I've talked to yeah. people who doesn't. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I've talked point. to people, though, that, um, and I said, wow, you're, you do a lot of video editing, and it looks really good. And I'm going, what, what do you do this on? It's you know, my, my little HP laptop. Yep. Um, the or, software or has gotten so good today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that um, that you can actually do that. Sure. Yeah, I was just going to chime in uh, only because I, I, I still am connected to schools and, and really do talk about social media and responsibility and things like that with kids. Um, and Gary asked, well, who doesn't have Internet? Well, unfortunately, about 50% of our students wow. across the nation still do not have access at home. Um, which who still... wants to use it at home? Let them use it on their phone. Well, Take it with them everywhere they go. And I think that's really and rare. they have access to the internet. Right. If they, can they just don't have the it rates, at home. Though. Who wants to? When a lot of your students, they don't want to be at home. Right, home isn't a really great place to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So they don't want to be at home, but they have access everywhere they want to be. It's the access to the internet's now in their pocket. Yeah, but at the cost of what? Yes. Because you can only do so much bandwidth before you're going to start paying the price. There's only so much, you know, you know they're, they're going to hit that tap. And if they're young, they're going to hit that tap really fast. Yeah, yeah, well, I tell that to my kids and their friends, and they don't seem to somehow mind. Well, but I, I Sherry, you're dealing with a, with kids from a different economic uh, levels, right? Am I right? We're talking about national. I mean, this is, oh, this is that's a national okay. statistic. Right? A national yeah, statistic. A national statistic. Yeah. But, but there are still areas, and I would say depressed areas, where you might yeah. find upwards of 80% of the kids might not have access at home. So 
hopefully they do have some sort of system where their phone is accessing the Internet somehow. Yeah, and if they got to do their homework, I can't imagine them walking around with a phone trying to do their homework appropriately when they need to be able to sit down and concentrate on what they're doing yeah, but they don't in do a that quiet environment. They don't do that at I home. know. It's a different world. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 she's right. I mean, if you're in a rural community, you're out in the middle of Podunk, wherever, Internet may not be that easy to get. Or you, if you can even get it over cellular, you're going to run into caps eventually. I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting it's that out there. We've come back. Uh, we, we brought the conversation we back around. We have unlimited to... data now in almost every point. Mm, unlimited to a point. If you look at the fine print, you'll see that they're going to start throttling you down when and you hit certain hit, yep. points. Yeah, but yep. that's yeah, so but much you're doing. You know? a lot. And regardless, it's going to be over $50 points. a phone. So... If you're a household and, and low income, can you afford, and you got to give your yeah. 12-year-old a, a smart device, are you, do you really want to pay them 50 to $80 a month just to be able to you know, get internet access? Yeah. I mean, Part of the challenge. Those are decisions I had to make years ago. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. call. Yeah. It's a tough call. Hey, folks, you, <laughs> if you thought this was going to be a nice, quiet conversation, then no, not with this group of people. Hey, coming back in just a moment with he's got sand in his shoes and probably other parts of his uh, attire. Mr. Mike Brennan is calling us from Florida, sunny Florida. He's the uh, host of the MI Tech News segment of the program. He's got predictions, too. It's that time of the program when we uh, bring in Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. And normally what we do here, we talk about the headlines that are out there on MI Tech News. But Mike's on a bit of a vacation right now, a little uh, sabbatical down to Florida, where we have uh, the pleasure of talking to him via phone from, where are you at, Mike, in Florida? Uh, West Palm Beach. Oh, I hear the seagulls. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm in the hotel room. My son down at the beach. He wanted me to go down there, and I said I didn't think I could do the radio from down there. So. Oh, that might have been fun out there. Seagulls and all the uh, the the screams of delight as people uh, splash in the surf. Well, Mike, we have you on to talk about your view of 2017 as a, a seasoned writer, um, a, a tech writer for a long time. There we go. We we're bringing our own sea, we're bringing our own seagulls in here. I like Quickly, that. let I me like move that. my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they only zero one on Gary's car. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of your predictions as you look ahead to 2017. It's kind of interesting because I think your first one there was going to tie into something that we've already talked about in some extent, and that is augmented and mixed reality. Yeah, I really think that's the way it's going to go. Virtual reality is more of a, I don't know, gimmicky kind of thing. But think of Pokemon Go. I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys use that as an example, where you have the reality of looking through and, and seeing the real world, and then you have these superimposed images. I kind of really think that's the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no, this is, again, kind of interesting because it ties into a conversation we had about the types of computers people will be using, and you see two-in-one computers taking off. Yeah, I, I think those combos, like, uh, think of the Microsoft Surface. It's kind of, you, you can write on it. It's kind of like the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the Galaxy 7 Note, which I had for about two weeks before <laughs> it was on a mandatory recall. 
my, my burner, you know, quite mm. literally. Uh, so, <laughs> but the same thing with the Surface is you can write on it, you can, you can use it as a tablet. Not a really powerful computer by any means, but uh, many people, I mean, I, I use a, a MacBook Pro. I, I like the power, but not everybody needs that. So that's what, I mean, I went online, looked at a lot of predictions by a lot of people. This one I agreed with. Mm-hmm. Cal, I think that, you know, the in terms of uh, Apple computers, the uh, uh, kind of a, the two-in-one aspect was the, um, help me. Uh, that would be more known as the iPad Pro. iPad Pro, that's right, where you had the keyboard that was able to be detached and then you could use it. Okay. Yes. You, but it doesn't seem to be as getting as much love, if you will, from Apple as the other, uh, like the, the, Mac, the MacBook Pro uh, and the iMac. Am I wrong on that? I think it's it's because it's more newer product and it is more focused to a smaller audience. Mm. I think that's the reason why you don't hear as much of the fanfare as you would normally hear from some of the other products that they do. Yeah, but you, and you don't get a, um, the USB port and a couple other things that uh, uh, you know that those make useless more things useful. that you don't need. Well, it's interesting. I uh, I have a, a friend of mine. A friend Everybody of out there, the listening to us is going. I plug into the USB. Yeah. I use that a lot. Well, USB C, so it'd be a charging port and a, you know. Yeah. Well, in that case, you do get a USB C because it is one on there. So, yeah, you know, uh, I had got my hands on a uh, HP Folio, and it only came with two USB C ports. That's it. Uh-huh. And uh, there was no other ports on there. So, I mean, that is the trend that all the manufacturers are going to be going to. It was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine whose uh, his son is an animator. Uh, a very skilled animator and anime and manga and things like that, and he uses that iPad Pro. Uh, what, Ms. Wire, I'm sorry. Give him the name again. The, uh, the iPad Pro. The iPad Pro. And he uses it precisely because he can he can illustrate on it, and it's, it just works beautifully for him. Yeah, it's a narrower focus, I, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, of a tool. It can be used by anybody, but it's definitely a narrow narrow focus. You know, Mike, one of the things you have down here, and I think this is an interesting insight. You say car buyers are going to increasingly demand smarter automobiles. And I have to say I agree with you on that because it's almost like with the cell phones in some ways, smartphones, our technologies, have, other than, you know, maybe design, that the technology of making the car go is pretty much leveled out. We want the bells and whistles to go with it. Yeah, everybody wants to sync up their smartphones to the car, you know, make it an, an ex- the car an extension of their smartphones. The whole autonomous vehicle thing, that's coming, but God, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, it, it's still five or ten years out before you're going to, you know, be able to tell the car to take you home. Uh, uh, at but least I mean, five to ten months. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Five to ten months. Okay, yeah. But, but, but I mean, but, but right now we have a lot of stuff like we have, the, you know, it, the, the automatic braking where it sees the vehicle in front yes. of you and brakes, yes. and you, know, you got the cameras in the back, and you got all these things. The people are pretty comfortable with those. They like those. Uh, and, and most of the premium brands and even the lesser brands now have those those sorts of types of technology. And, and I think that's where it's going to go. It's going to be a slow evolutionary process rather than revolution. I'm curious why you, when you're looking ahead, you're saying that Facebook's fake news problem is going to get worse. I thought they they're going to work like mad to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't I don't get the sense that uh, Facebook is really committed to doing much about it. They, 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 what the whole idea of them is they want everybody to connect. They want to have a lot of eyeballs. They want to sell ads. That's really what they want to do. And and people, and I've heard some really, and I've read some really disturbing 
studies that show people just, and listen, I know what the difference is between fake news and legitimate news, but this is my world, right? Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people out there, they just don't get it. They just think anything that appears on Facebook, well, it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right? Yeah. And yeah. so... I agree with you. You know, essentially what you have on on Facebook as as a general user is they look at the title and then they post it with their outrage and then they move on without actually reading into the article and finding out what the sources are. And that's a real bad habit. We have to get people more in the habit of looking at who wrote it how they got their information, right. and why is it that we feel the need to, so, to repost yeah, my it? My God, so, why would you even want to do anything like that? That could change the outlook, outcome of a presidential election. Isn't that a funny <laughs> thing? <laughs> well, and the other funny thing is that thing, the people yeah. that were behind the fake news made millions of dollars, and they're yeah. overseas, right? Well, I mean, that's I one of the things they discovered on this. Except Breitbart. I mean, and a lot yes. of them speak with Russian accents, you know, so... Uh, uh, well, you made one of the comment. Yeah, one of the comments so, you're making here, and uh, listen, we're we're doing a prediction, so generalization is part of it. But you also said that propaganda will increase, which is interesting. In other words, yeah, that well, news will be uh, propaganda will be news, and news will be propaganda. Yeah, well, I mean, that's really uh, what a lot of people are contending the Russians are really doing is 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 it's essentially it's pure propaganda. They're just telling you something. The big lie, and people are going, oh, well, you know, well, that must be right. So they go ahead and share that. And so now that they, everyone has seen how that works, that's not going to go away. Until you figure out a way to defeat that, it'll just keep, continue to get worse. It's like the bad guys when it comes to all uh, the hacking and things going on. They're, they're making a ton of money off ransomware and some of these other things. Uh, and so until we can figure out a way to defeat that, they're just going to keep doing it. You know, and I would think, and like Sherry said, that uh, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you know, I was one of those guys that passed on that information on Facebook. And I'd be shamefaced. And I'd, I'd, be, I'd look like a, uh, like a dog looking up with you with sad eyes and like, I'm sorry, I won't do that again type of thing. But I don't think that's going to be the case. That's never, no. ever going to happen because, you know, we live in a society where we don't really care about anything for more than about 10 seconds. It's on the screen. Oh, yeah. We like it we, or hate it one Squirrel. way or another. We answer to it. Bam, go to the next thing, oh, there's something shiny over there on the other page, and we just keep on. Well, going. yeah, in, in the news business, it's pretty well, particularly in, in video news like TV. Two weeks is about as long as the cycle ever is. Uh, news people get bored with it; they they move on, and so there's a big hollabaloo for a couple of days, and it fades. In self-defense, we're going to have to become wiser consumers. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're and, all going to be taken for a ride, and because there's such an. Uh, 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 pressure to get on with the news way as soon as you get right. it. Yes. Don't check the facts. Washington, um, you know, the Washington Post came out with a fake news story t- uh, two days ago. And we're going we're to talk, talk about that. About come it, up the right? next now and the next And they hour. didn't mean to. No. <laughs> and Fox News listened to them and went, oh, we better take and broadcast it too. And they spent 10 minutes today on it. Oh, and my And it's word. fake. It's, it's a I, fake it's story. Amaz- it's amazing. Oh, as a newsman, it must have you pulling the few hairs you have left out. Hey, listen, go back to, the, go back to the beach, Mike. Mike Brennan is the editor of MI Tech News. You can go to MITechnews.com and see the headlines when he returns. And uh, until then, Mike, thank you very much, and have a very, very happy New Year down there with your son and the rest of the folks in sunny Florida. Sunny Florida, yes. Going to a big street party tonight, so wish you well coming along with me. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, or you appreciate the invitation. That's Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News. And thank you very much, folks. 
Stay around here because we have another hour of the Internet Advisor on board. You don't miss. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard. It's the Internet Advisor, hour number two, and we are doing our Predictions 2017 program. It's been a feisty one and uh, proves to be uh, continuing to be the same thing. This hour, we're going to look at um, cybersecurity. We're going to talk about social media, and we're going to hear more from our regular group of our regular group of suspects here from Ed, Gary, and Cal, and myself about 2017. Thank you for <laughs> coming along for the ride, and it has been quite a ride. In studio with me, uh, let me introduce from uh, my left, your right, uh, Sherry Cam, who is our social media commentator, is with us this hour, and we'll be featuring her in a segment coming up. Thank you very much for joining us here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the commentary and, uh, on, and, and pitching in, rolling up her sleeves and pitching in as well. Mr. Cal Carson is also with us with his insights into Apple and to media in general. And I try to be as quiet and discreet oh, as possible. Oh, 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 oh. As possible, me, which me is not... You know, I, and, and I was thinking the perfect <laughs> gift I could have given Cal this year would have been a fan, because he's always fanning, fanning the flames. <laughs> Can I get that with gasoline or without? <laughs> <laughs> and that was Ed Rudell, believe it or not. That's Ed Rudell. Which now takes us over to the ever-popular and lovely Gary Baker. <laughs> you called me a lot of things lovely. Was, uh, that's a new one. <laughs> well, we are, in just a moment, we're going to be bringing into our conversation here somebody we have uh, had the pleasure of talking with over many years, and that is Mr. Richard Steenen, who is uh, on our live line right now. And Richard, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you doing, sir? Thank you very much, Foster. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you. And Richard, what is the, what title shall we address you by this time around? <laughs> Uh, pick whatever you like. How about <laughs> Grand Poopa of Security? <laughs> there you go. All you go. security knowledge. Grand awesome. High Poopa of Security Knowledge, internationally recognized as well. Richard, Actually, that's true. It is true. Yeah. yeah, I was out in the backyard and I stepped in some. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> it was Poopa. <laughs> <laughs> On a more a serious note, Richard's good to have you with us, and especially uh, knowing what you've just come through in recovery, we're delighted to have you on the air with us. Let's take a look at some of the things that you looked at as you look ahead, uh, because that really is your job as a, a cybersecurity expert to, is to look ahead at the year and uh, kind of get a glimpse of what's going to be going on and where people need to concentrate both their effort and their finances. Um, you're seeing denial of service attacks escalate. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like we should have fixed this a long time ago. There's yeah. been uh, dozens of companies and startups that have addressed it, and then Akamai acquired uh, one of the first DDoS companies, and you think they'd have it all fixed, and then Akamai 
actually had to give up on defending uh, Brian Krebs's website because of a massive DDoS right. attack against him. So do you think, and, Richard, do you think part of that's because of the Internet of Things and a lot of the uh, the home security devices and at all that um, that are now being compromised into a bot, into the botnet, and being used as part of that denial service attack? Yeah, completely. So that was okay. what was used against Brian Krebs' site, yep. and then later on, uh, a couple weeks later, against DIN, which is a yes. DNS you know, service provider. Mm-hmm. And the odd thing is, those those DDoS attacks were, you know, classic, you know, gamers, you know, taking down each other's websites or mm-hmm. cyber criminals that didn't like Brian Krebs. But we haven't seen these new level of IoT massive DDoS attacks used for financial gain or geopolitical gain. And that's my prediction for 2017, is that they'll escalate into that. So, you got a comment on that. Yeah, Richard, I I wanted to ask you a question in regards to uh, when you say the Internet of Things and ransomware. You you see us on the horizon getting that under control, or is it going to get worse? Well, one day I go to my refrigerator and can't open it because someone's holding ransom against (laughs) it. I mean, just to be, you know, I'm sure that's a fun pun, but seriously, on ransomware, where do you think we're going with that? Yeah, so I treat them separately so far, right? Because so far the most important thing we have is our laptop that can be that can succumb to ransomware. And a very interesting development in 2017 wasn't where the attackers said, "Hey, pay me, you know, whatever number of bitcoins to decrypt your laptop." They turned around and said, "Pay me, or I will release all of your emails and documents into the mm. public." So it, can, it it took an escalation into doxing, as we say, documenting uh, oh, yeah. a target. Yeah. And that's maybe a little more frightening because, you, you yep. know, your backups don't help you there, as they do in the case of ransomware. Yeah. Another thing you brought down here is, uh, and this is kind of interesting because it ties into some of the other comments we've been talking about, is uh, stealing personal data from the automotive entertainment system is going to become a very important focus. Yeah, it turns out that automotive entertainment systems, if you've rented a car that's fairly modern, uh, typically through Bluetooth can sync with your cell phone. And if you want to use it hands-free, if you're driving in California, it's got every contacts. So it gets all of your contacts. And even though it's possible when you turn your rental car in to delete those, um, just like everything else in the deletion space, it actually doesn't erase them, right? It just removes right. the pointers to them. So, so I'm predicting there'll be uh, you know hacker toolkits that come out that allow people to suck that data off the hard drive wow. that's on board the computer, and most likely to occur in, for instance, Hollywood, where contact lists of celebrities might be very interesting to mm-hmm. uh, somebody who works at a rental car agency, for instance. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard. Um, Last hour, we got into this a little bit, and I would love your perspective on the Washington Post article that came out. Oh, I think we're going to have to hold you over. No, we're going to have to do it when we come (laughs) back, because it is a fascinating discussion, uh, Richard. We'll be back. Richard Steenin is our guest here, cybersecurity is internationally recognized cybersecurity expert and our dear friend. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a very practical example of uh, the kind of... uh, spoofing of news that can go on but we'll examine that with him in just a moment and uh, hope you will stick around for that fascinating discussion coming up this 
is the Internet Advisor. We're taking your calls at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. Now, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. We have uh, at times kidded about the fact that the conversations that happen in studio between the breaks are, should be made part of the program. And maybe that's for 2017. Sure, we would talk about uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, was it live? Uh, yeah. Live. Yes. To do that somehow in the studio here because the commentary has been fascinating. With us online right now is uh, Richard Steenen, who is an internationally recognized cyber expert and our friend. And we're talking, by the way, I should mention this. The predictions that you hear today are forming just a, a little part of predictions that we have asked each one of our guests to send us and that I will post as part of our Internet Advisor website. And it'll be on there probably, it'll be on uh, as of Monday, uh, the day after uh, uh, New Year's. And then I will, uh, I'll get it up as soon as I can. So you'll be able to see the full spread of the different predictions that each one of these people have, uh, have brought in. So Richard, uh, Gary started to present something which we have been having a, a ball <clears throat> bandying around. And that is a story that appeared in the Washington Post, Post rather, and subsequently appeared on Fox News. And, and, and probably others. I and and, and from, from this point on, heaven knows how many yeah. have got it. But it was about, the headline was, Russian operation hacked a Vermont utility showing risk to U.S. electrical grid security, officials say. Yeah, and the governor jumped in on this. R- Richard, what's your perspective? Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the I think the reason, I have to give credit to Ellen Nakashima, who wrote that in the Washington Post. You and, want to give her credit? And she had to react quickly because Thursday, of course, the U.S. government published the indicators of compromise associated with Russian hacking, which mm-hmm. they term uh, grizzly step, right? Right, yep. And the fact that the very next day, while everybody's still discussing all of that, um, uh, Vermont. Uh, power utility used those th- that information to discover that indeed one of the laptops belonging to one of the employees was infected. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm very encouraged by the fact that they took steps immediately and were checking that. That's very, very unusual for a power utility to yep. even have the ability to do that, let alone do it quickly. Um, and luckily, you know, in this case, it's just a laptop, and evidently, no further damage was done. So it's not really a a great story of Russian infiltration. Not like some of the other components of Grizzly Step that the federal government published, right. uh, including the uh, Black Energy, which was used against Ukraine, and is fully embedded in U.S. power grids. Um, so yeah, a lot of criticism of jumping the gun on the article because uh, it got such pickup and scary kind of headlines. Uh, but I don't think it's anything to worry about in Vermont right now. Right. So the governor got into it and and you know said, "Gee, they're going to turn, they're going to shut down our grid right in the middle of winter, and our yeah, you yeah. know residents are going to be without power and blah blah blah." So that's first of all, it wasn't hacking; it was a phishing attack that attacked some uh, employee of Bur- for uh, Burlington Electric and. It wasn't connected to the power grid. This was a phishing attack. Any, you know, there were lots of phishing attacks sent out. It wasn't even at all clear that they were trying to target anybody. Right, right, right. And it, they just happened to get somebody that happened to that happened to work for Burlington Electric. 
to actually, um, you know, be a little stupid and <laughs> click on. Okay, a lot stupid. Like Underinformed is <laughs> Under a good informed, way. Under Thank right. you. Thanks. I, that's what I should pregnant. have said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, well, and, and that ties into the next prediction you have about uh, the Trump administration uh, will have to deal with a major cyber attack in 2017. Yeah. So it's you know obviously we're so on that a was really leading <laughs> trend here, Richard. And you I really think... went out on a limb on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I... you know, about to happen sometime, and I think yeah. it's going to happen in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days, as the saying goes. <laughs> well, no, you... all it takes is a something similar to the OPM hack, right? right? Which to date is you know easily ranks up there as the top hack against the U.S. government. Um, and then, you know, one with a little bit more uh, malicious post-hack activity, doxing, releasing to WikiLeaks, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, can be very, very damaging. You see 2017 as a, a kind of a coming of age for cyber maturity. Explain that. Yeah, you know, certainly Gary and I probably both went through this in the 90s, right, where Mm -hmm. you think that, oh, I need a firewall. Oh, I need antivirus. I'm done. That's kind of the early phases. I remember that with our program, too, yeah. Yeah, and then it just gets more and more complicated, and we realize that targeted attacks can be much more sophisticated. Um, We really do have to do something against spear phishing attacks, you know, which involve blocking the ability of people to click on links in email and open open documents and it's kind of a uh, you know interactive defensive dynamic defense going on and I think the pundits you know cyber policy people have had a whole year of 2016 to get up to speed on all this and you can see them all maturing and going beyond you know the best that DHS has had to offer up till now has been continuous monitoring which means monitoring of logs and they realize that's not even close to being good enough mm-hmm. um, they have to take more defensive measures lockdown systems do better encryption everywhere stronger authentication and then we're entering that phase now which is you know I'm, I'm heartened by it richard um a lot of this gets started because of phishing attack and some employee not paying attention and clicking on a link that they shouldn't um have you you've done so many uh, investigations um do you see that people are starting to say oh my gosh i don't want to be that person that really causes my company in this case you know in the case of burlington electric the governor to come out and give out wrong information it it started with one person being a little stupid so do you see people saying give me more education do you see them trying harder do you see companies trying to protect their employees from this well, we, we should really have Dan Mormon on the call. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, and I we use his product, the, by the way. The, and I, I think Security Mentor is a great product. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, completely. So, And I'm seeing a lot more interest in uh, security awareness training. Um, and uh, Gartner even has a magic quadrant on it now. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of different approaches to it. Um, but you know what? I don't. I'm not in the camp that says the people who fall for spear phishing attacks are, you know, ignorant or need education necessarily, um, because they're so dang sophisticated. Yeah. Now, just the the standard spear phishing, yes, but what about when somebody spoofs the CEO's email yes. and yeah. sends something to the CFO? Somebody has like this. They've already figured out how your company works, 
Yeah. And they get the CFO to wire transfer money. You know, yeah, it's yeah. really Cal, hard you would have come not to fall for that. And, and, and bottom line is, both Gary and, and Richard, it, it's, it, and me is it included, we're all human. And sooner or later, we, someone's going to come by with a trick that's going to be smarter than us, at least yeah. for that second. Yeah. And so we're going to be yeah. just as vulnerable as anybody else for well, doing something. Well, we are the weakest link, right? Crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. a, that's Our not best. a bad attitude to take. Yeah. You know, yeah. I am the weak. Yeah. Within, in this structure here, I am the weakest link. Somebody could. You right. know, we try to be as cognizant as possible. We try to do all the right practices that are necessary whenever we're using cyber and the whole situation out there. But sooner or later, somebody could come up with something that's trickier than what we are anticipating, and we're going to get stung for it. I mean, after yeah. all, I got married. So, Richard, I can, I can tell about how I got spearfished. I was helping a local guy get a job in security, and uh, you know, so I interacted with him, and he finally got a job. And a few months later, I'd written an article on pharma sites that sell pharmaceuticals. Most of them are completely fraudulent. And I get an email from his Gmail account with just a URL, to a Google-hosted pharmacy site. So I figured, oh, he wants me to check out this new twist. Oh, wow. Clicked on it, and I got infected with with a zero day that I could not get rid of. I I used uh, seven different antivirus vendors over a period of four months. They never got the updates, and finally I just wiped my machine and put Ubuntu on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go. So, so Richard, <laughs> Linux is the answer. <laughs> oh, Richard, we're out of time. We're out of time on uh, this, but Richard, thank you once again. Great. We will be posting your insights there, and thank you so much for joining us, Richard Steen, and have a very good New Year and a very safe one. All right, you too, guys. Take Thanks, care, Richard. Mr. Richard Steen. All right, coming back in just a minute, we'll be talking with Sherry Cam about social security. Pardon me, social security, <laughs> social media, and cybersecurity. And Cal's got some comments as well. Welcome, it's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Edward L. Cal Carson, and Sherry Cam is in studio with us. Sherry is our social media expert. I said social security before. I got that on my brain. Exactly. And in any case... Uh, so does that mean we'd be looking at old Facebook? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was safer. <laughs> uh, before before we uh, dive into that, Sherry, just for a second, one of the things that um, I have found as I look forward to six, uh, 2017 is um, uh, genetics and the advances that have been made in genetics, in particular, with something called CRISPR, which is a tool that is so relatively inexpensive that it has been uh, able to, they've been able to use it to cut and paste genetic material in such a way that they can uh, change the nature of a fetus, of a child in the womb. They can have been able to change all sorts of things. It's been used for good and for questionable kind of things. But I see the 2017 is the year when that explodes. And it's, you know, for somebody like myself as a cancer survivor, that's good news to the extent that they'll be able to do things on a genetic level that have not been able to be done up to this point in terms of you know, curing it or, or uh, attacking the disease. On the other hand, there's stuff that's gone on already. Ed, you and, uh, you and I were talking about this in the mm-hmm. car. That's already gone on in places like in Japan and some other places. Right. That are a little scary. Yep. Or the, yes. Yep. 
Well, uh, in, it was in Japan, I believe, or Israel, one of the two. They're very big in this. And what they actually did was have fetuses, and they modified the fetuses, but they didn't. They were petri dishes, and then they destroyed them afterwards. Yeah. So they proof of concept. They were able to do it, and then they destroyed them. So it's happening. And it, and it, the specter of eugenics, yes. which was something that came up during World War II with Hitler, which was producing, quote-unquote, the master race, and he was doing it by you know the uh, creation of of uh, the perfect human being externally through that kind of manipulation now is possible through the, at least theoretically well, not even theoretically in some ways uh, through the use of devices like CRISPR and, and that that is 2017 could be a very scary year in that sense and also a very a very wonderful year in terms of things that can be accomplished with genetics yep. but you know, after that that's my look ahead at 2017 one of my looks at least but Sherry let's talk a, let's talk a little bit about what you see looking ahead to um, social media. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, 2017 is going to be bigger, more, uh, and and more vi- vibrant. Um, you know, essentially, people are looking for resolution, integration, or direction when we're talking about social media. Um, and so somehow it's going to fall under one of those purviews that something explodes. Uh, absolution might be in there too, somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, as much as we want someone to have, to seek absolution, I, I, I think, as Cal put it, they aren't going to care after yeah. they posted it 10 minutes ago. Yeah, that's true. Good so point. resolution, integration, what was the third one? Uh, and direction, right? Yeah, direction. So when we talk about social media, well, you know, the human behavior is kind of hive-like. We want to be part of a group. We want to be in the in crowd. We want to know what's going on. The me generation. The me, well, but everybody wants to yeah, know what's yeah. going on. Whether it, it, they want to know about the technology or they want to know about everyone else or they want, you know, I mean, the busybody neighbor only has to look on Facebook now, right? As opposed to... Peering uh, out the window. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Between it's the just shades. A different, right, it's just a different mechanism in which to do it. So, um, but it affects all generations at this point. Um, and so uh, pop culture, you know, is one of those one of those places where it's going to explode. And we talked about video. It's going to be big, no matter mm-hmm. what happens. Yep. And live is going to be the name of the game. Um, and it, 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 isn't, it has to be integrated, though. And that's going to be the issue, is if you don't have something that's integrated into your platform. So we were talking about um, uh, Twitter had its own program or its own app. It, it's going to have to be integrated in order for it to be useful mm-hmm. for all of us because we don't want to click anymore to yet another link to go to find yet oh, another Lord, no. yeah. program. We're already having issue with integrating our, our chats and our emails to oh, begin with. Lord, yes. So so we really want it to be integrated with the, with the apps that we already use. I absolutely agree with you. In, in fact, it's my second bullet on my list, which was uh, look more for embedded video and websites. Absolutely. Uh, yep. 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 And and so followers really do click more frequently on videos or pictures anyway. Yep. We already know that. Hmm. Um, and again, propaganda isn't new. We were talking about this. It's, <laughs> it's right. all through the ages. And so now yeah. the propaganda, rather than being the word, is going to be the picture, the, right. the video. Yeah. Um, now oh, we have to yes. verify whether or not it's true. Is it staged? Wow. Is it real? Uh, and how can you verify whether or not it's been spliced? Or... Like that picture and of the looks... sharks jumping up and catching the uh, the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Photoshop works wonderfully. It does. It does. Um, and there are many, many uh, video splicing programs that you can use oh. to, to add. I was going to say there's a lot of unemployed video editors out there. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. With that great imagination. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but then going back to the personals, you know, we are still information junkies, you mm-hmm. know, and, and 
having Alexa on the desktop always, you know, we love the things, the the, the crutches that we have so that we can get the information faster uh, and get it out there faster. You know, so with Alexa, I was thinking, you know, how would I ever use something like that? And about the third time in an evening that um, either my wife or or my mother-in-law came and said, how do, how do I get back to real TV from Netflix? And I, Boy, would I like to be able to go, Alexa, turn it to CNN. Or Alexa. <laughs> and, and, and you can use it for that. That's right. That's and, right. and are you doing that, Gary? Or is no, but I'm going to, you know, it's, I think that's going to be her birthday present. <laughs> here, here's what's really funny. So it's Christmas Day and we're sitting down and my, my, uh, my ne- nephew goes, here, here, Merry Christmas. I go like, and open up. It's that little Alexa puck. The, the dot. Oh, yeah, yeah the yeah, dot. Puck. Okay. Yep. And it's in its box. It's and cute. It's still it, in the and box. And it works. Oh, it's still in a box. Oh, my yes. God. Give it to me. And, then, and, and, and for my wife and mother-in-law. <laughs> two days later, my uh, sister-in-law, who is in uh, Vegas for the holidays, uh, sends me a box. And what's in it? Alexa, the big tall oh, the guy. Big one. Oh, I oh. use that one. Yeah. And I go like, yeah, oh, yeah, so that's cute, nice. too. And it's still in a box. Oh. It's going to stay in there, too. Because, well, because I don't particularly have a need for them, okay. and I would rather have a couple of hue bulbs instead that I can control in my house and change the light. So, so that almost goes to Gary's you website. That, you, you want know, to sell it? Gift card exchange website that you mentioned. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, you and I talked about that. Yeah, we talked about this gift card exchange website, but maybe about this elephant gift sale for next year. You could bring it in. And, and I'll give you my unused teapot, and I'll get an Alexa and a puck. So many choices. You know, so little and, time. And Ed, um, <laughs> so we were exchanging email earlier today about giftcardgranny.com. Yes. And, uh, if, you know, people get gift cards, right? And if you have one that you don't use and you want to exchange it for cash or exchange it for one you will use, that that's one of a number of sites that, that works pretty well. Oh, that's interesting. Giftcardgranny.com. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, you could you could probably exchange an Amazon card for a Speedway card for the equal value. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yep. No charge for this exchange? No, small charge. Okay. Yeah. But so, that that brings me to another uh, prediction, which is um, the sales of something across platforms. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to become ubiquitous, oh, yeah. right? I really do think uh, the marketplace that we talked about last month, right, on Facebook, I think you're going to see sales oh. and exchange of money across all platforms. Mm-hmm. It won't just be through Messenger or Facebook. It will be everywhere you can go. Uh, anybody who can find a way to have an exchange of money, they will do it across a, a, some sort of social platform. How Explain that a little bit better. Uh, not even better, excuse me, but give me a practical example of that. It's a real easy way to do it, Foster. You just reach in your pocket, give me your money, it's a good exchange. That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, we talk about how large Facebook is, and it still is the right. largest oh, platform yeah. no matter what happens Billions. worldwide, right? Yep. Uh, and, and they have created the marketplace because, of course, organically, there were groups already forming who exchanged or, or allowed you to sell things. Um, yeah. And they have have the app, uh, you know, uh, Messenger, where you can actually exchange money, you know, in between two individuals who are friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. so it, it makes it very easy to actually sell something on that particular platform. So okay. I think other platforms are going to start coming in 
to that arena simply because uh, they see it as a way to make revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do, I think, I don't know if it's going to be Instagram first or Twitter first, but I do think that it's going to be one of the more robust uh, uh, social yeah. media. Yeah, that makes sense. Dare I talk about a prediction today? Please, please, go ahead. please. Since she took us down that golden path, <laughs> I figure I might as well go that way. Um, I think 2017 is going to be the year when we're going to start seeing content uh, being restructured and it's going to start going in the direction of a la carte. Because currently right now, if I want this or that, I, I might only be able to get it from Hulu and I might be able to get this from Netflix and this and that. There's eight bucks here and 16 bucks there yeah, and 22 bucks right. there and 100 bucks for Comcast and this and that. And I think we're finally getting to a point where now it's going to have to be boiled down to where you can pick what you want. What will be the marketplace for that? Everybody. I mean, for example... So you go to like a Roku or something like that and you can then th- choose what you want? It may, be, it may become a clearinghouse. I mean, after all, if we've got the internet where everything streams across it and CBS is feeding Hulu and ABC is feeding Hulu and that sort of thing, what's to keep someone from making a clearinghouse, getting the rights from yeah, everybody, yeah. Comcast, that's the, Netflix, and that sort of well, thing? That's true. That's the issue. Saying, the, the rights if are you the come, issue. If you yeah. come to us, we'll sell you whatever you want so for you think, a price. It'd be nice if Apple sort of did that with... Media, iTunes with iTunes, they did it. Yes, and they were. We were hoping yeah. with Apple TV they'd be able to do something like that with the TV media, but it hasn't happened. I hope you're right, but I don't it, see it happening for a few years because you know, I mean, you have individual um, um, Amazon and Netflix are coming up with their own syndicated programs right now, mm. and I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Yeah, it all depends on if you can make it a business model that has a dollar in it. All right, we're going to take a quick pause. Then we have a caller, a special caller for Cal coming up in just a moment. We'll look for, we'll look for some more of Cal's predictions for 2017 as we continue and wrap up this program of predictions here on The Internet Advisor. Thank you so much for being with us on this uh, merry journey of predictions. And I want to thank my co-hosts as well, Gary and Cal. And, excuse me, and Sherry Cam, among others who have been in here on our program today. And I, we will be posting their predictions online at internetadvisor.net if you want to check that out starting on Monday night. Uh, by the way, Mike Stats, thank you so much for engineering our program and also being our screener today, wearing a number of hats back there as he does as our engineer. And, um, Cal, your turn at bat here, talking about predictions, <laughs> predictions, and uh, also there's a phone call waiting for you here. We thought we'd bring this uh, phone person on the on the phone. Hello to our mystery caller for Mr. Uh, Carson. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. We're doing very well. This is, uh, who is this, please? It's Meredith. Hey, Dad. Uh, How you doing? <laughs> what, what prompts this call, young lady? <laughs> All right. So I have a quick question. So I got the G4 PowerBook recently because literally I don't have anything to use laptop-wise. And I didn't bring it with me to Chicago because I was like, well, I'm not about that life. And I didn't know if because it's so obsolete that it's not going to work outside of our Wi-Fi environment at home. Can you tell me if it will or if it won't? As long as that Wi-Fi environment uses WPA encryption, you'd have a chance to be able to use it. If it's not using WPA and with the newer uh, routers, they have to have that turned on. Normally, they don't have it turned on because it's an older protocol. Uh, then in that particular case, you would not have been able to use it. Uh, okay. See, I wasn't entirely sure. That's why I didn't bring it. So I was like, 
but I didn't know like in general for if I'm at school or if I go to, I don't know, like Starbucks or something like that, yeah. if I'd be able to use it or not. If, if that's the case, then that's fine. I mean, I can just grin and bear it, but that's just for my own personal knowledge. Since it is so obsolete, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> so Meredith, I think um, you need to get that Alexa out of uh, the, the Amazon <laughs> Echo out of the box and hook it up for your dad. He can't. He can't seem to get it done. But I think uh, if you could help him, I I told him I want it, and he told me he wants five hundred dollars for it. And I was like, oh, 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 oh my! Oh yeah, if it's going to stay in the box, he might as well give it to you. We'll lobby him here. Don't uh, worry. Thank you. I, I want it so bad. It's so awesome. Well, enjoy awesome. your trip out to Chicago. Have a safe trip back, and we'll talk when you get home. Okay. <laughs> I will. All Take right, care. Meredith. Take care, and a happy, happy New happy Year, Meredith. And a safe New Year. I thought maybe she was That's... lobbying for a new laptop from you. Well, she, she's she's definitely she's done working that. on that too. <laughs> yeah, she's done that. I didn't tell her about it, but we'll work on that one too. Cal, let's look ahead to 2017 and some of your other predictions. I think in 17, uh, the battle. Uh, between the two giants, Samsung and Apple, for telephones is going to be huge. Uh, between uh, Samsung uh, probably ramping up their, their VR uh, features on their phone and Apple perhaps going to a uh, wireless charging mm. and a all-glass um, enclosure and a, a slightly larger screen that runs edge-to-edge on their phones, if they do that, and I'm speculating on all that because... Tim didn't call me the last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's going to make uh, the sales and the whole shooting match on that so much more uh, uh, vibrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while since anything's going to. I mean, th- the past year, for the first time, I have to say this Apple was pretty much like everybody else. You didn't hear anything phenomenal, they were there. That was it. Upgraded and not revolutionized. Uh, yeah, and and their stock price reflected it this last yeah, year. Yeah, and, and the and, revenues, the revenues were down. And they can't yeah. do that every year. No company can do that every year where they well, can come they out with something. They did for years. Every well, you year know, for years. there was a lot of stuff to make it the latest yeah. and greatest. But when everyone else jumped on the bandwagon, you got people that are crafty mm-hmm. over at Google and Samsung and Android and the whole shooting match. It makes that whole game that much tougher to yeah. do to come out with that whiz bang thing. And, but better for us as consumers. That's what they said. Yep. So that next big move for Apple, you see, is going to be in the iPhone area. iPhone, what, 8? I think think it's going to be a toss-up between, well, it's going to be more the phone, because the phone is pulling in the largest amount of revenue for them right now. But uh, I also think they're going to make some more inroads with Apple TV. Uh, They've got the hardware up the snuff where it works well. They've got the uh, operating system that's... Uh, pretty much in there and it's doing its thing it's all about them managing and getting the right arrangements for content yeah content is going to make or break and you had said that platform. before too what it's it's all about the base it's about the base yeah. <laughs> no i'm just kidding no, it's, uh, <laughs> and the base is the content yep, yeah. yep. and that's true with itunes right that made uh the ipod right yeah now what about streaming does apple provide streaming um yeah, you can stream Netflix and Hulu and everything. No, no, no. Stream it. your uh, your audio your your MP3, not your MP3s, but anyone's MP3s for uh, like a monthly subscription. Because l- literally, um, MP3 players 
are passe. Those are like everyone's doing live streaming from, you know, Pandora or something else. Does mm-hmm. Apple offer a similar product? I thought they well, did. Well, they have Apple Music and they, you can yeah, stream Apple all dabbled. their music all the time. They dabbled They've with it. They've dabbled. Yeah, yeah, they stepped their toe in, but they haven't really committed. And that, that kind of, again, goes along with that social uh, consumer, do we demand it? If we demand it, then they'll put some money into it. Because I had someone ask me, should I get an MP3 player? And I'm like, why? why? Everyone, <laughs> exactly. So just do. If st- they have a telephone, they got one. Right, exactly. Although yeah. turntables are coming back. Well, that's Final. audio files. So nice. Audio files. I heard so there's a group that actually released a cassette tape not too long ago. Now that's going down the road. If you can get those eight tracks going again, we'll be in good shape. <laughs> Which is really funny because a friend of mine uh, just called me and says, "You know, I have a reel-to-reel tape player that I can give you because I know you want." I know one. you've been <gasps> want, looking yeah. for one. Great. And, I've, and I've, I found it one with ten-inch reels. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that rascal. And Otari. That was a TIAC, right? Uh, this or one's TIAC. a TIAC. Yeah, uh, I thought so. I, you think about a, a Kai? A Kai, a Kai, yeah. Yes, right, a Kai. yeah. I, that was the, my second choice, but the TIAC is my As my I look into the engineering booth, I'm remembering where they used to sit here at WJR. Oh, back, yeah. And back in the corner back You're there. You're dating yourself. And I, yeah, I can and remember racking up programs That was on up there. on 22 when we first That's started. Right. That's, That's right. That's right. I can remember that, yeah. yeah the altitude was very good for them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to wrap things up, anything else, Cal, that you want to share? That's about it that I that, that I really see on Horizon right now as far as Apple and that sort of thing. I, I, I think it's going to be a year of all about content because mm-hmm. folks are now at that point where you know uh, you're not going to be able to actually cut the cord you're always going to have to have the internet so if you have to have the internet and you're trying to reduce price you know they're just going to have to offer those things I, to us you know i had an interesting experience last night that may tie into this um i was watching a program called foils war which is a series we love on comcast but i was watching it on netflix on comcast and all of a sudden, in the middle of the program, it stopped working. And when it tried to reboot, it kept on hanging at 25%. So what I did was I switched over to the other input, which was Apple TV, went to Apple TV, got onto Netflix on Apple TV, and lo and behold, I got the program back. So Apple was the more effective means for streaming than my provider was can anybody explain that? I mean, it's just, but it's fascinating to it's, me. It's like consuming all of your uh, workable memory, right? So your RAM. It, yeah. it, it, what it has done is it's, it's, it's hung up uh, in that workable memory. It just needs to be restarted. It just needs to be reset mm-hmm. um, is essentially what's happened. But it, 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 so the router needed to be reset. Probably at that point. No, that's, no, I would think that the streaming service with your Comcast has to download it somewhere and and Correct. buffer it somewhere, yeah. and so that's the device. So do you have the new X one system for your Comcast? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it might be onto something because I've I've done that before and it cleared it up and then you know everything's flowing like crazy then. You have to re- you reset the, uh, the router. Yeah, I reset my Comcast box. I just yes. power cycled the box itself, yep. not my router. And, and Mr. Oh, I got all oh, the box itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it started working just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, content is king. I think we've established that coming up in the new year. Well, folks, thank you so much for being here. It has been a wild and woolly program as usual. Happy New Year to everyone. Yes, a very happy New Year to all of you out there. We will be posting, as I said, these predictions and others that we receive from our hosts on internetadvisor.net. So when we uh, publish the podcast, you'll be able to hear the program and also look at the predictions that people have for the brand new year. My name is Foster Brown, and on behalf of all of us here, Ed, Kel, Gary, and Sherry, thank you so much for being with us.
You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.